0: Welcome to a new edition of the Famous Interviews with Joe D'Amino. On this episode, we talk with high-achieving executive coach Holly Seeger. She is a retired Fortune 300 executive who uses her experience and lessons learned to help high-level executives reach the next step in their careers, and more importantly, in their lives. Her story starts with a passion for the arts that was quickly eclipsed by an executive career climbing the corporate ladder. She's got a lot of great stories. Enjoy this interview.
1: Hello, how are you?
0: I'm wonderful. How are you today?
1: I will thank you. I'm just going to blur my background. I'm
0: yeah. There you go. Staying,
1: staying with my daughter today, so let me take these out. I don't think they're working.
0: Okay. So, good. Cool. Yeah. Hi. Hey. Nice to meet you. Hey. I just want to. I, I sometimes I get told I jump in too quick because I come from jazz radio. So if you need a minute, fine. If not, we can hop in. Hop in. Okay. Let's do it. So, where are you coming out of?
1: Uh, today, I am coming to you from New York, uh, an okay. upstate New York finger lakes region. Okay. Yeah.
0: Where where's your base at?
1: Uh, North Carolina, Wilmington, on the beach.
0: Okay, good for you. Yeah, I'm in Kansas City, Missouri, right in the middle of the map. Yes, indeed. So, um so it's great to meet you. The way I'd like to begin before we get into your coaching and and what's made you who you are, I want to know how you survived COVID. That did its own little thing on all of us. How did you get through it and how has it changed the way that you approach things now?
1: Um so honestly, COVID was a bit of a of an optimistic Uh, turn of events for my life. Um, I was not even realizing how much I was struggling to survive in a corporate environment. Um, You know, the day in, day out sort of interface with people and all the challenges. And when COVID came along, and for the first time ever in my career, I had the opportunity to work from home. Um, I'm like, wow, this is nice. Like I can control my environment you know i'm i'm more at ease i don't have all these people pressuring and tugging at me and um access to me right even though my all of my technology would go off at the same time um but it was it was really great because i was able to energetically sort of recuperate from having to be surrounded by um you know so much so much demand uh so i actually really enjoyed it and it was good it was extraordinarily stressful be the, because the role that i had was a bit of a triage um leadership role. And so it was, of course, emotional and passionate. And there was lots of hard conversations um, that needed to occur now without actually having face-to-face, um, you know, empathy, which is different than digital and virtual empathy. Um, but it was actually pretty good. Now uh, you know, and I loved it. It was great. It actually helped me to make a decision that I work better. Um, when I'm not in certain types of environments and um but now we're we're what three years out and I'm now finally getting to a place and I was a diehard remote worker supporter um but now I'm at a place where I'm starting to see in leadership that there are benefits to having a community and having um, some sense of connection within teams so I'm now, you know, not changing my my team, but I'm definitely um, starting to talk more about supporting some level of face to face, you know, working environments where people can get some sense of community, because I don't think that isolation forever is the answer.
0: Yeah, I don't either. I agree. I think that's the thing we learned, ironically, out of all of this with the isolation that we need community and people and that interaction more than ever. Yeah. 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 100 percent. So on paper, it's very clear what you do, but I want to hear from you. So this is how I'm going to paint this picture. We're going to put you in front of a bunch of third graders at a career day. One of the kids looks up and says, hey, what do you do for a living? How do you answer that child?
1: I uh, run businesses. Um, No, I don't run businesses anymore. So I guess what I do now is I help uh, mommies and daddies who are running their businesses to run them more um, efficiently, more compassionately, um, so that they are making sure that when they show up at work, they're bringing all of their talents and all the things that they love to do um, when they come to work and earn the money that they have to earn to be able to provide the life for you.
0: So when you were in the third grade, what was your dream? What did you want to be when you grew up? A dancer. Nice. So do you dance now?
1: no i don't i danced for 18 years semi-professionally okay and then um you know my parents got very practical with me when i went off to college and said look that's not a life that's going to provide for you so uh go to business school which is what i did
0: (laughs) so let's get to that let's get to how we arrived here tell me where you were born and raised and the seeds that were put into you to be in that business entrepreneurial mode how did that happen
1: yeah, so um, I was raised very traditionally, very conservatively um, outside of Manhattan in in New York. Um, so I was in a suburb of Manhattan. Both of my parents, um, you know, worked outside of the home. And um, hardworking and made it very clear that um, I had to earn my own way. I had to make my own way. And so at the age of 12, I was encouraged, you know, I had the paper route. Um, And then I went into babysitting and being, in, you know, sort of an au pair, which is an old-fashioned word for like a kid who's a nanny. Um, And then, you know, when I was old enough to get working papers and work officially, I had a job uh, before I was even 16. And so I have uh, really been working... Since, you know, forever, 50 years, practically. Um, And so they instilled in me that, you know, money makes the world go round, they exposed me to um, lots of different life experiences, and made it very clear that this is what you have to have in order to have these experiences, right? There's a there's a contrast in life. And I learned very young that I could choose to live this way or I could choose to live this way, and I really fell in love with the things that they were showing me. So I had to follow a path to make sure I could fund that vision that I had for myself. Um, And so I uh, went off to college, took many different paths, ended up getting a job in a Fortune 300. Uh, I started at the bottom. I started as a technician um, and said, just get my foot in the door. I'll figure it out from there. I didn't even know how to do the job I was hired for, but I was like, I'll figure it out. Those were the days. Um, and, uh, you know, worked my way up. And so within, within, you know, 15 years, I had made it to the top 200 executives in the company of a multinational, you know, very large corporation. Um, and a lot of that is just tenacity and, you know, hard work ethic and my baby boomer parents, you know, Pressured me about how to how to show up, um, and it and it paid off for me. But I always knew that I wanted to work for myself, and I had tried a couple of entrepreneurial stints as side hustles when I was um, working as an executive. And while I was passionate about the product or the service that I was trying to to build, um, you know, my time just wasn't my own. And so uh, I made a very quick decision coming out of COVID. I bought a house far away, states away on vacation from a hotel room and said, I guess this is it. I'm pushing the button. I'm going to start a new life. And um, and that's when I said, all right, so we're going to we're going to start a business. And I actually have two you know, sort of separate hustles that I do now um, because I wasn't ready to stop working. I mean, when you've worked since you were 12, you don't know how to not work. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Excellent. So who's been kind of a hero or an inspiration for you in your life?
1: Oh, wow. There are so many. Um, So I would say, um, you know, as a woman leader, uh, you know, I'm old enough. Gloria Steinem was one of the very first. In fact, I was talking to somebody at work, a a job that I was working at. Um, You know, I was that was my college years. I was heavily influenced by her um, by her her drive and her ambition and her her perspectives on how women should have a seat at the table right Um, and how we deserve to to put ourselves in that and she inspired me to want to be the first woman at the table which is how most of my career went um from a leadership standpoint i would have to say john maxwell um you know religious perspectives aside um he is Uh, he really taught me about servant leadership. And he taught me how to connect with the human beings who are actually behind the products and services that are making the billions of dollars for the company. Um, And so I was an enormous advocate of of his. Uh, Now, as I get older, um, you know, I mean, it's kind of the obvious, Brene Brown, um, because her work with helping people to get in touch with their vulnerability, and and especially in how that uh, translates into fierce, fierce leadership um of people i think she's absolutely phenomenal so um and i've had other uh, my my career gave me exposure to other sort of celebrity politicians um and and other figures in 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 the world um and they're also terrific but you know to name some of those people then you know could create polarity which i'm not interested in doing so let's let's keep those to the to the common folks right
0: <laughs> absolutely so let me ask you this: um, If you could meet anybody right now on the planet and spend some time with them, who would it be?
1: Dead or alive? Yeah, we can open it all up. <laughs> um, um, if it was, if it's somebody who is alive, um, so I would, I would love it. Split. I would love to have time with Barack Obama. Um, and I would love to have time with um, with Bill Clinton quite frankly. I saw him speak recently live. Um, I believe that these are very um, th- these are very interesting and terrific leaders in their own way. Um, and they have a very diplomatic approach and a very common approach and they're both humanitarians and I would love to to get to meet them and have a, a just a dinner conversation somewhere with them. Um, If it's someone who has passed, my absolute favorite person um, was Catherine Hepburn growing up. And again, she was a role model for um, these very um, assertive, confident women. And, um, you know, as a young person, I was a fan of her movies, but just, you know, I wanted to dress like her, I wanted to be able to walk into a room and command the kind of presence, but she also had this eccentric femininity to her that I thought was really cool.
0: Yeah. You know, that question really came about because of Brock and and Bill Clinton. In fact, I saw Bill Clinton speak at the Truman Library here in Kansas City back in like 03. It was one of the most dynamic things I've ever seen. I mean, there was a couple of doors that people opened up and he came in and it was just like all of the protons and electrons and everything in the room just instantly changed. Yeah. crazy.
1: And even to this age, I mean, he's such an advocate for, you know, put your hand across the aisle. We do not need this division that's happening in the country right now. It doesn't need to be this way. And we've lost our focus on what really needs to happen and the people who are hurting and needing our assistance and the government is distracted. And I I just, I think he's, I think he's terrific.
0: Yeah, I do too. So speaking of people like Barack and Bill, you know, they obviously have a lot of gumption and a lot of, uh, motivation for what they do what is that for you what's the gas in your tank what makes you wake up and be who you are every day
1: Uh, i want to solve the problems that i see um and and one of the reasons why i do the work that i do is because i feel that um businesses now small to large corporations are focused on one thing and it's revenue get it We're having an economy situation. We're coming out of a COVID, but all they're worried about are the numbers. And the problem is there are people behind those numbers and leadership is lacking. If it's even in, if it's even there in the smallest degree, it's not enough. And this is why we have silent quitting. This is why we have the great resignation because employees are not getting the quality of work experience that I was fortunate enough to get when I was starting out in my career. And so I want to start having these conversations and I want them to, I was just talking this morning. You know, we have this old school way of leading um, that was, you know, from my my early generation, 30 years ago, right? And it had this sort of parent-child relationship where there are rules and structures and norms, right? And now I feel like we've overcorrected. And now we have no rules, no structure, no norms. Everybody can do whatever they want to do. And we have weird things like unlimited PTO and like we've overcorrected and we don't even know what to do with that. And that overcorrection is actually lack of leadership. Yeah. Um, and so I'm ex- anxious to like, let's start talking about what the future is because it's not that far off, but it's not the old, it's not the current, it's some new form. And that's what I'm passionate about because people should not hate going to work number one and number two there's so much talent but we can't all be independent contractors because then we'd have to buy from each other and you know what we're not making enough dough to be able to do that forever right i mean somebody has to pay the water bill and so you need to be able to know that you can go into employment in a corporation or a business that has great leaders that make you want to come to work every day what's
0: been your best client success story so far
1: Um, so my best has been working with, um, some, so a very, very talented, very passionate, um, female executive moving up, um, had already achieved top level executive status, but wanted to get to the next level up, right. Um, worked really hard, has been very loyal, diligent, followed all the old rules, Um, And then, you know, found themselves not being considered for the next opportunity and found that no one was, uh, you know, going to have a good, honest, transparent conversation with her about her potential within that corporation and being able to work with that professional woman to help her reclaim her power instead of feeling like, I guess I'm not good enough it was no you are good enough and you can have what you're looking for but there was a ton of work that had to happen in her head because she had been just programmed that she must not be she must be faulty and she's not and so getting her to a place where she powerfully said no this is what i'm expecting if i can't get it i will move on and then actually having the courage to do that and and to see that success for them but also to see the women who were be- left behind were like that's a badass. And you know that's uh, you know, I think women have a unique story in the workplace, um, and we' and we frequently struggle with our own confidence and we allow the environment and the culture of the company to uh, second guess make us second guess ourselves. And that's not true. We are're everyone, men and women are amazing, but we kind of get into this drone mindset after a while. So that's my best success story. I love seeing women reclaim their power. Um, And then move on to get the titles that they're looking for.
0: What are you the proudest of that you've done so far in life?
1: Um, I would have to say my children. um, And I say that because I have, um, you know, I have two young adult children who have gone through a lot in this lifetime. It has not been easy for them. They did not have, um, you know, the white picket fence traditional upbringing and they had to grow up really fast. Um, They are both now responsible dynamic creative young people who are going into the workforce um then they have their heads on straight and they know how to be a strong contributor they know what needs to be fixed going forward and and what their responsibility is of their generation, which is hard because the 20somethings are a hard generation right now and they're they're a little bit lost and I love that I and, and they welcome me to the table. Right, because a lot of times young people are like, "Get away from me with your stop! Don't, don't coach me," but they take the coaching and they're they're just amazing, and um, and I feel really proud of that because I feel like it's not getting any easier for young people, and yeah. uh, and what's going to happen in thirty years when they're my age?
0: So speaking of youth and that age range, let's say you have a dream tonight. You run into the twenty-year-old version of yourself you could give that version of you a piece of advice based on the wisdom you've gained in your life up to this point what would you tell that young version and would it listen
1: um i would tell that young version of me first of all that it's going to be okay and it's going to be okay like you have a, the fierceness in you and no matter how hard you struggle it's going to be okay so don't waste time energy and emotions and calories fretting over am I going to be okay um and and number one so it's going to be okay like it's going to be fine and it's going to be weird and it's going to be rocky but you're going to be okay um and and that you have to slow down and you have to listen to other people when they disagree with you um because I got very pig-headed and I just made decisions and I probably took a, a, a lot of routes that I shouldn't have had to take if I had just listened to some people. Right. Uh, and what I've listened, no.
0: <laughs> there you go. So y- you're obviously very curious and based on your answers, you know, there's a level of you that reveres history. If you could see any event in human history take place before your very eyes, what would it be?
1: I have a lot that's going through my mind right now, but I'm going to go with my first answer. The first thing that popped into my head, I want to, um, I I want to to see us uh, as a country. I want to see us be focused on things that are really important. I want to see the the division go away, but not to the point where we become a benign country that can't make a decision. Every presidential election is 50 to 50, you know, 49 to 50%, right? That's not great, great democracy. However, um, the way we're going now is we are distracting ourselves with issues that we need to, that are just, it's, it's out of control, right? And so, I would like to see our political landscape in this country um, level out because I am worried. As the mother of of females, I'm worried for them. And um, and I get it; everyone's entitled to their opinion, and I'm not trying to take a side one way or the other. But it sometimes scares me about what's going to happen next. And yeah. uh, you know, it, and I don't want to see a civil war. I don't want to see Armageddon. Um, yeah. And I don't want to see something like The Handmaid's Tale, right? Which, yeah. as creepy as it is, um, conceptually, it's it's not an impossible future.
0: Yeah, for sure. So everyone out there has a perception of you, family, friends, clients, colleagues, but you run the show. What's your perception of you? Who do you think you are?
1: Uh, I think I'm bold. Um, I think I'm opinionated. Um, I think I, I like to use the word fierce. Because, yes, I can I can stumble, I can fall, I can have,, um, I can I can have some trip ups that will set me back, but I I always keep going forward. And uh, and inspirational, I've always tried to be a role model for everyone around me that,, um, don't ever give up on yourself, man, because you can bounce back. There's always a good ending to the story as long as you keep trying. And, um, and that's, that's how I look at myself. I want to be that role model.
0: So Holly, if anyone wants to learn more about you, hire you, anything pretending your world, where can they go?
1: They can go to uh, my website, which is www.hollyseger.com. And that's H O L L Y S E G U R.com. Um, I also am on LinkedIn and I'm very active on LinkedIn. I am trying to get some really good juicy conversations happening about leadership right now and literally an hour ago my 20 something helped me to set up my TikTok account um, which is uh lead l-e-a-d intuitively i-n-t-u-i-t-i-v-e-l-y lead intuitively and that will promise to be um not uh, you know appealing but all of a sudden also like let's get serious about some hard conversations
0: sure holly this has been great thank you so much for opening up thanks for your insights i really appreciate it best of luck with everything thank you so much have a great day thanks for tuning in to another famous interview with joe domino where we cover the world of art literature business spirituality music and more from around the globe if you want to hear more interviews visit the famous interviews with joe domino channel on youtube you can also find us on spotify and apple podcasts thanks again for listening and until next time